All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo, yo. And Pastor Todd. Good afternoon-ish. And we're excited to be with you guys. It's actually been a couple weeks since we've been in this format. We've been recording some podcast episodes, but in different spaces. So now we're back in the regular spot. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we are back because when we recorded it next door, I just didn't feel the same, man. I was all right with it. It was not bad. I I, I think maybe I think we got a little spoiled with the handhelds, right? With the handhelds and having the handhelds made us feel a little bit more, you know, free and more free. Yeah. I mean, the, you could just take this out. And hold I guess it you could. I guess you could. It's the wires. It's the wires. That's what oh it is. yeah. The yeah. wires make it feel more like. We're starting a company in our in the garage, you know, building from the ground up, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to reach new heights. I'll be honest, I like it better on the stands than not doing the handheld, so I don't have to keep remembering to put it up to my mouth. I can just, you know, talk. And we did get we did get an equipment upgrade now. It's so true. we have a new board. Woo! Uh, shout out to Joe Palisano for helping me pick it out. Mm. And so worked seamlessly, I guess you can say. Yeah, well, listen, man. Production budget getting a little bit. We're getting a little increases. I'm yeah. not mad about it. You know what? We should, we should toast. Get, grab a couple sodas from the back and uh, <laughs> yeah, toast to the production increase. I Here's feel it. like I just feel like we're legit now. In the past, you've been like production upgrade, and I'm like that's fake. But like <laughs> I think we actually got a real one. Now. <laughs> but those were they were production upgrades in the sense of like definitely moving from what we had to something better. But now we feel like oh look at this sparkly new thing <laughs> and ironically it was de- delivered via amazon prime amazon amazon prime, prime. there it was man talked about that at church yesterday yeah, we did we did so actually that's a good segue, <laughs> segue okay you have some thoughts no okay no i want amazon prime by the way <laughs> you said i want so y- if anyone out there has like a gift card for amazon prime I would gladly take it off your hand for free. For free. For free 99. <laughs> Wait, do you have an Amazon Prime account or no? I used Amazon Prime uh, one time by accident, actually, because I wasn't paying attention to what I was clicking. <laughs> and so I got like the free trial. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And I'm like, I ordered something that came the next day. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And I didn't realize. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why did this come? And then I'm like, <gasps> Does that mean I have the video right now? Well, I got to watch the video before this runs out. (laughs) (laughs) So I I binged whatever I could for like a week. (laughs) I did that in college. I did the free trial. Then it like renewed for a year and I didn't realize or whatever. But now my family just splits it. Like my whole family uses it. So it's kind of nice, actually. There you go. Yeah. So wait. So everyone gets to see what everyone's ordering. I mean, yeah, I guess that's kind of. Isn't that, well, I was going to say, doesn't that get a little weird during the holidays? Like, especially. Yeah, like it does if you're actually. To, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, if you're trying to yeah, shop for you, each other, it's like. Don't, don't, don't out him. <laughs> don't out him, man. I he try, knew exactly not what he was doing last trust, year. No, trust me. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you they probably already look. Like, because people are just curious by nature. And then they're always. They're like, oh, conveniently, we're all sharing the same account. I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the purchases, the recent purchases were on this account, just to see. Yeah, I had a problem like with one order I got for somebody, and I I ordered it three times and it like didn't deliver. I had like all these problems, but so like yeah, I'd have to go check the orders, and every now and then I'd be like, oh, oh, I think that was for me. <laughs> like see, like oh dang, like I saw. And, you and know, quite frankly, like, I'm happy about that. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> like, I mean, I want that. I'm just like eh, not gonna be surprised. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, thank you very much. <laughs> I never knew. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's that. That would be tough. I think. I think that would be tough. Well, Pastor Jamal.
loved your sermon yesterday. I thought it was really mm-hmm. great. Um, definitely spoke to me and Rebecca. I know we were talking about it and stuff. And uh, it was great what you said. That I actually love that example when you showed the Prime logo. You're like, look, I know that you hate waiting yeah, too. Because it's, it's true. We, it's just that I think, and I, I, I think I said it, but whatever. Uh, I think culturally, just where we are, as the you know, as technology continues to just be technology and make things more efficient, you know, um, we get into this space of just feeling as if, you know what, everything's a click away. We don't like to wait on anything. We are just not in that space. And I just think sometimes we have a habit of not just in terms of like waiting, but like in terms of a lot of things, we bring a lot of things culturally from the world into our faith journey um, that we're never supposed to be there in the first place. I mean, sometimes I, I have to just kind of stop myself and remind myself like, oh yeah, a lot of the analogies that were used were analogies with farmers and fishermen who are waiting to catch fish or waiting for crops to grow. And it's always like, it's always like the reason why Jesus used these meta, these, you know, analogies and and metaphors were because they were, they made sense for the, the time and the culture, but then also there were deep truths behind it in terms of uh, just like, being patient so yeah actually i i wanted to bring that up right the bible uses agricultural analogies Mm -hmm. like you said yeah absolutely that was reflective of the time but i do think like do you think it's significant that uh, you know if the bible were written today would jesus just change his mind and use amazon prime analogies Mm -hmm. or would he say oh actually you remember when you know you know how corn takes a while like to grow like do you think he would still use those because those still better illustrate spiritual principles the agricultural analogies. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think it was. I think Jesus latched on to things that people could understand, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was specifically about agricultural, because, like like you said, corn like corn better helps people to understand specifically. Um, I think it was just people understood corn, and so I think yeah, I think, I think that's part of the job of who we are today, right? Is to read scripture. And look at it as, okay, this is what Jesus is trying to say. How can I understand that in the context of the world I'm living in? And I and I think, you know. No, I think you're right, Pastor Todd, because even along with agricultural things, he did he used other things. He used time. He used money, right, to ex- exemplify spiritual truths. And those things are constants. You know, like time has not changed, you know, um, since, you know, like he was on earth. Like time has still been time. Um, well, except for some regions of the world that use uh, daylight savings times. <clears throat> but anyway, um, but like time is still time, right? Like it, it has never changed. And so I think I think you're right. I think he would still latch on to what we would understand culturally um, and, and use those things as anchors to prove his points. Yeah. And he Jesus used current events as well. Actually, I, w- I was looking for it. Um, it's the tower of something. But some people had the tower fell and died. And so people were talking about it. Was it the judgment of God and Jesus referenced it? So like, I mean, Mm. for us, that was 2000 years ago, Mm. but that was a current event that he was referring to even like, so he did do those things. Um, But, you know, I do think it's significant. uh, The analogies the Bible uses, like you said, it's a problem when I bring my prime attitude, my Amazon prime attitude into the throne room of God. I thought that was like really good that, that you said that. Yeah. I think, um, just my thought behind that is, I mean, well, first off, like the whole sermon is just like a real time sermon for me. Like 
it's something that I'm currently going through and like having the Lord speak to me about. And so that for me was kind of the crux of it all was like, yo, you can't come into my throne room. I mean, this is how God, you can't come into my throne room, uh, bringing this, you know, Amazon prime attitude, like, you know, you don't run anything up here. <laughs> so, so it was a humbling, uh, you know, humbling conversation. It was a necessary conversation, but, um, I, I needed, I needed to have it. And God just kind of, you know, let me know very gently and graciously that I ain't pay for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's just what it is. Like Oof. I haven't paid for anything and that's, that's just what it is. So sometimes, and I think I feel bad because I, even though I, even though I say that, I know that there are people who, um, I'm not trying to like make people feel horrible, but I think we do need to check ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like say you're a horrible person and you're going to hell, but I do think we need to check ourselves about the way we approach God, creator of the universe, about the way he runs his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, <clears throat> I did have a thought as we were talking, I think just now even, mm -hmm. talking about how like culture can influence the church mm -hmm. and so this is a great example our attitudes w with god's timing and things like that but i remember in college just talking about how international women's day just uh just was mm -hmm. this weekend mm -hmm. and also we've been talking about women in ministry a couple weeks back we were talking about that i remember in my college class we talked about in the assemblies of god when they first started credentialing women pastors we said hey we believe this you know women are equally called as men are but it was around the time of the women's suffrage movement in america mm. and we had to talk about it like you know did american values influence the denomination and you know there are people who don't believe in that so th could they say that about us like oh well actually you've just allowed american values um to influence that you're not being faithful to the Bible or is there a different perspective on that? Well, I think, I think my, me personally, my immediate, my immediate thought to somebody who would say that is, well, you misunderstand the value of women period because mm -hmm. women already had value. It's just the assemblies of God came alongside and said, Hey, we already recognize that God has given women value. And now we come alongside that. Mm -hmm. Like it does it coincide with what's going on culturally. Sure. It, it may coincide with what's going on culturally. And is it wrong for the culture to come to an understanding that women also have inherent, 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 I said inherent, that was well, <laughs> inherent value, uh, because they were created in God's image as well. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't think that that's, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but to, but to say that the, you know, that it's solely based upon the churches or uh, upon the world or the culture's influence. I think that would be a little bit, I don't know. I think that would be a little bit of like a gross generalization. Yeah. An unfair yeah, yeah. generalization maybe. Do you think like our understanding of scripture too continues to grow throughout yeah. years as we study it more, as we, as we develop new tools for studying the Bible and understanding it as archeological finds or whatever yeah. come that we begin, we understand scripture, maybe our understanding of it kind of maybe matures and grows. And, and if we're, something is coming to light in culture, sometimes then we look to see where we can find that in scripture or not find it in scripture and so sometimes it does maybe influence our understanding of scripture culture but not necessarily in a negative way maybe like something that was totally off of our radar sure and now because it's a current issue that's good and like 
how we treat women is a current issue. Okay, well, where do we find that in Scripture? Oh, look, Scripture actually does talk about how we should treat women, and, and maybe we need to formally say this is our stance on that. You yeah. Know? So Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think that's a good perspective. <coughs> and I think the week we talked about, oh, it was after we were done recording the podcast that week, Pastor Jamal, you said afterwards about, like, what if, you worded it so good, what if, like, as a culture and even really as the body of Christ, we're we're continuing to become more and more what God planned for us to be. So yes, you know, in Bible times there was a patriarchal society and different stuff, but as we've gone on, it's actually more of a realization. The body of Christ is continuing to become what God always intended. And so the equality of men and women as an example of that. And I thought that was so good. You maybe have a better way of saying that. I don't have, I don't know. Like, I don't you know. You said it's so good. It, I, I don't even like, remember. But so, but when you say that, my, the thought that comes to my mind is, from my, it's not foreign for me. I think personally to think about God using what man gives him to accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So when I think about when Israel wanted a king, you know, they were like, "We want a king. We want to be like the other nations." And God was like, "No, you you don't need a king," because what God was trying to establish was that He was there king it was a theocracy he was trying to establish within them and they but they were like no we need a king we need someone to lead us we need you know and he's like and i could i don't know i'm you know inferring a little bit here but you can i i get frustrated when my own kids try to tell me they're saying no this is what we need i'm like no this is actually (laughs) not what you need you know like and as their dad i'm like i know what we need and then there are times where i say okay you know what Cause I don't want to, I don't want to fight, you know what I mean? And I just want this to go away. I'll let them have whatever. I'm not saying that that's how God treats us, but God had a plan to be the one and only Mm -hmm. and allowed for Israel to have a king Mm -hmm. in, and in that he still tried to lead and guide Israel to a place where God was their everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they struggled. <laughs> they struggled with that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's documented. Um, <laughs> uh, they struggled with that. Um, but eventually they reached a point where they said, you know, they would reach points where they say, okay, you know what? We, we got this wrong. You know, we need to get back to, you know, the, the main thing when Josiah, you know, finds the book of the, uh, the book of the law, he's like, yo, we've been doing this wrong. Like, for the longest we need to get back to that and yeah. you know even at a young age he's like no we're we're gonna set things right here uh as a nation yeah yeah you know what it makes me think of the word sanctification like sometimes we think about sanctification only about how god's working in us making us more like jesus but even in this conversation it makes me think like is the church as a whole going through this process of sanctification where like he's changing the way we understand things to be more and more like Christ as a, as a overall body mm-hmm. as well as time goes by. And it's not, and that would fit with the all day awaiting because we want to be perfect now. We want to have everything done now, but maybe God is playing the long game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I feel like that's true. And so, um, you know, about your message, Pastor Jamal, um, you know, talked about waiting well. And in your first point, you talked about um, to wait prayerfully and I really liked what you said there. Uh, you said a lot of great stuff, but one, it's one thing to believe it. It's another thing to live it. And um, I actually had two questions kind of related to that. So you said, you know, we want to have a lifestyle of prayer. 
not just we pray about something once, one and done. Yeah, I prayed about it. I gave it to God, you know. But um, so here's a question that I had. How do you keep bringing something to God without complaining about it? Like we would just as easily, and I think you did touch on it, right? You know, but I feel like we would just as easily preach, hey, you know, are you coming to God and complaining? Are you just giving him your list of stuff? But if I'm supposed to be faithful in my prayer life, how do I pray continually about this issue or topic without complaining? Yeah, actually, I was talking with somebody after service and they were saying, you know, that that's one of their struggles. You know, they say they say that they pray about it. But and they even mentioned they like, yo, when you've been praying about it for so long, you know, how do you not get discouraged about this and not get to a place of where where you are complaining? And so they specifically said they try to switch it up. They try to just, you know. Um, switch up the way they pray about it so it doesn't become uh, something that they're com- complaining about. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are times where we do complain about those things. I mean, you read the Psalms, like David cries out before the Lord, and and sometimes he's complaining. He's like, yo, <laughs> this is trash. Like, I, you know, like he says, he says some actually some pretty brutal stuff sometimes about his enemies. Um, you <laughs> Kill know, them all, God. <laughs> he does, he does kind of, yeah. he does kind of go hard a couple times, uh, more than a couple times, but, um, but yeah, so it I think it is hard for us as human beings, but I think the sentiment I think the sentiment behind the point that I was trying to make about not complaining is, you know, what's our heart about this? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm praying about it, if I'm praying about it, this is just me. If I'm praying about it with the right heart, I think that my attitude about what I'm praying about is gonna change is going to change. Yeah. If I'm complaining about it, then I think my attitude about it is still focused around me as mm-hmm. opposed to being focused around god and what god wants to do and what god uh you know is trying to accomplish i think that once our disposition becomes that of god how are you going to be glorified in this um i think that may change the way that we pray about things and i think that kind of quells the 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 desire to 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 complain about some of that stuff that's just what i think personally but I will say in my own experience, I feel like, <clears throat> you know, praying about something like that, um, trying to be faithful instead of complaining to others or to myself or even to God, trying to pray instead. But over time, realizing that it is maybe self-centered because I've prayed about it so many times now. I'm saying the same thing. I'm sick of saying it. And then you just kind of realize, like you said, you can pray about it from another angle. Like, why don't I start praying for the people in this situation instead of like what I think mm-hmm. about it? Like, it, you know, but but by continually praying, it actually maybe like opens your eyes to that. Like, actually, even though I'm trying not to complain, I'm actually doing that right now. Let me try to mix it up, like you said, or something mm-hmm. like But I just thought of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you want to talk about theory, because I struggle with this, too. I mean, I, I pray s- for certain things all the time and sometimes i get tired of praying for that thing so i'm mm-hmm. just kind of like all right god i just pray for this y- you know whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. you know because you know i know i need to pray about it but i'm you know um like maybe incorporating like with thankfulness to it you know god i know that your your word says that you take care of these things mm-hmm. thank you you know i know that you hear me thank you you know and, and i i say that saying like yeah maybe i should do that too in you know as, as kind of like it can keep our heart in check that we're not always just asking, but we're acknowledging how great God is and he can move in our needs, you mm. know, maybe like bringing like that, mm, like worship praise aspect. Into yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Thankfulness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. And then, yeah, that's what Paul says in Thessalonians. He says, you know, pray without ceasing and with Thanksgiving, you know, and I don't, I, 
so again just a i guess a little peek into my own personal but you know as i was writing this i was like yeah i i'm a complainer like because i'm an emotional dude so like it it moves to complaining really quick and so god's like i i don't okay and what like what what is your complaining going to change about this situation or this scenario yeah and i was like well, I'm bringing it before you. Yeah, but you're not bringing the right heart about it. Like, yeah. you're not bringing the right heart about it. So why should I even listen? You yeah. know, if your heart is in this place of like, God, you need to do this for me. You know, bringing that prime attitude. Like, no, you come on. And then when you pray about it, like, because I feel like this is just, again, this is just my own personal thought. But I feel like if I'm coming and I'm bringing this thing before the Lord because I want him to do for me as opposed to wanting to grow in intimacy with him, then I think I have the wrong. Mm. That's like, that's setting up for failure. Uh, Would that be like my kingdom versus God's kingdom? Yeah. Like wanting, like, here's God, here's what I think God you should do. Yeah, for sure. So, because, you know, in this moment, I think I really know what is best as opposed to being like, Hey God, what is best? What is your best? What brings you glory? Right. And it's it's such a, I was going to (laughs) say, it's, you know what it does too? Like, and this is, I know I'm saying like random, I'm just talking about myself and really just telling about all of my flaws, but (laughs) the way you pray I think reveals how you wield power because I think if you come before the Lord and and you pray <clears throat> in a way that says, you know, God, this is what you need to do. It's almost like you're setting yourself up to say, if I had the power that you have, here's how I would handle it. Yeah. And yeah. it exposes something about your heart. No, but, yeah. but I was going to say, like, just comment, like, you know, but some people will tell you like, wow, you got to pray. You got to be specific when you pray. Don't be like, God, uh, just you know, help everything get yeah. better. Like, no, you got to be specific, and I, it's important to be specific. But then, yeah. but then, so all right, God, moving this, do this already. Right. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, well, you got to like back this. it up. Back right. it up. Like what? Dude, it's like, but, it's, but it's so. I think it's so good because it it is a tension to be managed. Um, because I think when you learn how to wield authority properly, like you're in a whole nother level. Yeah. I ju- like I, I don't know. If that makes sense, but I, I think when you, it's those people who wield authority properly that find themselves in places of trust. Yeah, you know, like you people who know how to use authority in a way, um, in just in, in a way that kind of like, in the right way. They always are the ones that you find, kind of like God continuing to bless, God continuing to pour out. And if blessing is something that you want in your life, then you've got to learn how to yield your prayer life in that manner. Um, I, that's what I think. It's yeah. just a personal opinion. Yeah. Well, I think actually that sounds just like what you talked about. Even in the next point, waiting faithfully, you talked about David, and I love the quote that you said. Um, I guess you said you were quoting another pastor, but um, many of us chase after these Goliath moments. We want these big moments where we do something great. We say maybe for God, or maybe for us, or w- either way. Um, but he said platforms only elevate who you already are yeah that's so good and so like you're saying like those who know how to wield authority the right way if you know how to pray the right way that's what gets you those places of trust like that's what you were just saying and i like i just thought like wow like that was amazing like yeah so yeah pastor john gray he said that i forget when he said that but i heard him say that and i was like shoot and so like it hit me in a place where i'm like all right well what am i doing on the ground level that like you know that I need to continue to do and like 
am I doing the right things on the ground level? Um, yeah. So that was convicting t- to me. And then it came to my mind as I was thinking about this, this second point and just really just David's faithfulness. Um, having been, having been anointed King, but not yet pursuing, he, or not even pursuing the mm-hmm. throne. Um, he wasn't pursuing the throne. Uh, it wasn't something he was chasing after. Um, and then that verse in, you know, first Samuel 17, where it says he split his time between, yeah. um, the palace and the sheep pen. And even then when he was called to the palace, he was called to the palace to play an instrument. He wasn't called to the palace. He wasn't called to the palace to, you know, to be King or to hold an office or to do any of that stuff. He was called to the palace to play an instrument, which is another thing that he did in the field. You know, it's just like just stuff that he did on this particular level. Yeah. Um, but he remained faithful in those things and those things, you know, followed him. Um, it's so interesting because like, I feel like I, at least for myself, I don't usually think of that in the story of David. Like, you, like I mean, just imagine like be God tells you through like all the people that you trust and love say like, Hey, you're going to be lead of this organization. Now you're going to be CEO. All right, great. Like I'm ready to apply and they're going to just hire me as CEO. And I'm like, no, Oh no, no, you're starting in the mail room yeah. and it'll be 17 years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. why'd you tell? I'd, I'd rather just not even know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but that's like the journey he was on. Yeah. Like, we just talked about this in children's church. We talked about when <clears throat> Saul went into the cave to, uh, I think the Bible puts it, uncover his feet. Mm. Uh, he, had to, he, he had to go potty. <laughs> and so, and how David snuck uh, up. for C translation. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how uh, uh, David snuck up and cut a corner off of his robe and then felt incredible guilt about that because he was like, you know, while God may have called me to be king, this is the person that God has placed there now. So how dare I try to rush God's plan and 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 kind of attack and take advantage of? And, and his men were like even later when Paul when uh, Saul was sleeping, and David went in and took his spear and his water jug, and how his, his men were like, "Go ahead, do it now. End his life now, and mm. then you can do it. You can be king now." Yeah. And he was like, I, "I no, this is not what God's plan is." Like. The whole point that w- of that week was like God values people, so we value people. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like, well, God has a plan, and I need to stick to God's plan and not fulfill my own plan right here and now, right. and and do it His way. And so that I mean, that's pretty intense. That's not what I usually think. <laughs> right. I mean, and like the antithesis of that is Abraham, right? Like God's like, all right, here's the plan. You're going to have kids, you know, yeah. uh, with your wife Sarah, and he's like. Yeah, 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 cool, cool. Sounds like a plan. And then his wife's like, "Yeah, well, I don't know about that. Why don't you do it this way?" And obviously, that was not the way that God had yeah. intended, you know. So, um, and here's the thing, even in that, because someone may be listening to this and they will say, "Yeah, see, I can go about it this way, and I can admit my mistake, and God can still bless, because God still blessed Ishmael, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, but that isn't the norm, right? Like. That was that was something that was kind of like specific for that moment in that season. And God chose to do that. That doesn't mean that like God is going to do that every single time. Like um, like every single time you mess up or deviate from the plan, he's going to bless your broken plan and turn it. You know, like he may yeah. say, no, no, no. Scrap that and come back over well, here and plus line back up with the plan. Ishmael, Ishmael is like a person. Like mm-hmm. I think it the way the story unfolds, Abraham does that. And, you know, God's like, this isn't my plan and everything. Then they cast Ishmael and his mother away. Foul. Yeah. And it, you're like, 
seriously? Mm-hmm. And is God going to, going to abandon them? And then it's like, no, God is not going to abandon them. He's going to bless him and be with him. Yeah. I feel like more for Ishmael and Hagar's sake, le- like less than for Abraham's sake, you mm-hmm. know? So like, yeah, it would be the wrong attitude to think like, well, I'll just, I know this is where God wants me. Let me get there this way. And he'll be happy that I'm there anyway. And if I kind of messed up or hurt some people along the way, it'll be okay. Right. The good news is that God can redeem what we do, but that's absolutely not. Yeah. That's the right not attitude. the way you should approach it. Right? Yeah. And the reality where there, there was consequences for that too. Yeah. There were Ishmael and uh, there was like a lot of like angsty there that came of that, you know what I mean? And it wasn't necessarily Ishmael's fault, but it then became like choices he made that impacted how the, family function too so yeah you know you can't just be like well i'll just do whatever and god will you know take my mess and make it all work out to the end i think there's consequences too that even though god may be in it and be and 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 be caring about the people involved or whatever and still take our mess and make something of it doesn't change the fact that it does kind of leave a mess mm. i do like you know pastor while you're being real right now talk about like oh revealing my flaws i'm thinking about all like the great stuff that you like i've just heard you say recently something you said in one of the podcasts was about like if you do something um like it can be tainted with that fruit if you do something if you try to please god but it's out of anxiety it's Mm -hmm. out of fear then even your good deeds will have will be tainted with that fear that Mm -hmm. was the context of what you said it but i feel like that truth i've really thought about that and i think i was thinking about it this morning when i was reading um David, I think that was his attitude was like, I can kill Saul Mm -hmm. and be in the place that God technically called me to, but it will be tainted with, I killed a man to get here, which I now have to watch my back. If I allow God to place me here, then God will be the one to remove me and I don't need to worry. It's not my fault now. And I feel like it just echoes like what you said. I thought that was so good. Yeah. And, and I think, just to bring it into, I guess, a little bit of a modern day context, like, again, with the way culture kind of presses in sometimes and can make an imprint on the church, like, there isn't a lot of things in our culture that mandate faithfulness. Because if it's, you know, if something doesn't work for you, you, ha- we have so many things at our disposal that if it doesn't work for us, we have the right to abandon it, right? And have the right to just say, well, this doesn't work for me, so I'm going to cut this loose. You know, like, um, you know, your services are no longer required. And uh, I think some of that attitude, you know, has found its way into the church because people could say, well, you know, I don't like this sermon, so maybe I'm just going to, you know, call it quits here at this church. And it could be a sermon on tithing, you know, like, and someone's mm, like, dude. you know, uh, this is not really for me, you know, this or church just wants your money. Yeah. Or if, if somebody hears a sermon about hell, like, yeah. you know, and they say, well, this is not the church for me. You guys are talking about hell. And so they peace out, you know, and um, I want I, a Bible believing. church. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> and I think that, I think that we have to get to the place of, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I think of it like more like a marriage, like, you know, um i'm committed here you know what i'm saying so everything that that comes and everything that shows up in my relationship and my walk with god like he's not he didn't god is not obligated to hand me rainbows and bubbles and ponies all my life you know i will see tragedy i will see trials i will see triumph i will see you know some of those struggles but it's in the midst of those what you know like am i still faithful you know like am i still uh, leaning on him despite those things. I think that's what God wants from us. But I think 
<clears throat> specifically in this, in this sermon, when we're waiting on the Lord, um, faithfulness is something that's, well, we can't just abandon that. We have to like cling to that and not let the culture kind of impose on us that we have the right to opt out, quote unquote, when things get tough. Yeah. yeah. I, I think one of the hardest things about waiting is that it really involves a lot of like dying to yourself. That's good. And I think that that really is very counter-cultural. Yeah. Counter-American dream-ish. Um, or American philosophy, however. Um, but but I think it's really, it's really hard when like I'm praying about something and it's not happening. And I feel discouraged or I want it a certain way because I'm annoyed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. Or because I'm just being my own whiny self mm. to stop and say like, okay, but it's I, like, I need to surrender myself to God for what his purposes are. And that's really, really hard because it doesn't feel good. And it doesn't feel, uh, initially what I would think is satisfactory. Like I got to give up what I want, what my plans are for God to do his thing. And though I think we would all say we believe that, mm-hmm. I, and I, I and I, I think we absolutely would all say, oh yeah, we, we want God's stuff. But then I think when the rubber meets the road and we actually have to like start to dive to some of those things ourselves, like honestly, that's the last thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing I want to do, mm-hmm. but in practicality, <laughs> it's like the last, <laughs> last thing, thing I want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's dead on. I think, I think that's dead on. Yeah. And even, you know, what you were saying, Pastor Jamal, about opting out, that is our society today. I think, you know, consistency gains you credibility. Like, that's how you get respect is being faithful. And I think the good news is because that's less and less common. I mean, like, you don't like this job, you can quit and get a new job. Like, that's so commonplace. You don't like the service, whatever. So if you're one of the few who choose to be faithful and stick it out when it's hard... I think you just already stand out because less and less people do that. Today. Yeah, less and less people do that. And it's almost like, and if you do want to be, it's almost like your faithfulness can be bought. It's like, what are what incentive do you have for me to remain faithful to you? That's yes. most of the time, that's how people approach yes. your cable company. That's how you approach, you know, like yeah. you're like, oh, you want me to stick around? How much more money can you take off of my cable bill so that I can stay you know, uh, stay part yeah. of your whatever. I mean, I mean, if you really want to get real, how how many times do we view marriages that way? Yeah, like you're not I mean, making yeah. me happy, so I need to go find somebody else who makes me happy. Like all those things are like the the I don't know what the right word is. Milu the the chaos that runs around in our minds mm-hmm. sometimes about how we view things is like right. like I'm in this for I'm in this church I'm in this faith I'm in this relationship. Because of what it brings me. Yeah. And God's sometimes like, no, this is about my glory. My kingdom. Yeah. And my glory is good for you, but seek first my kingdom. Yeah. And then these other things I'll, I'll, I'll take care of for you, but you guys seek me first. Yeah. I think of uh, two things with the marriage thing. I remember <coughs> my youth pastor going through like some, um, when he would preach and stuff and then premarital counseling, he said like, what's the purpose of marriage? And I'm like, you know, like you talk about different things and uh, zooming out, sure, procreation. But like, you know, in a marriage, what what's the purpose? And he's like, the purpose is holiness. It's to make each other more like God. And I remember like, yeah, so if your attitude is it's happiness, right, then as soon as I'm not happy, like we really shouldn't. I didn't sign up for this. If my, if the purpose is holiness, that we're 
growing um, each other to become more like God, it changes. So even mm-hmm. when I'm not happy, well, I'm, I'm going to stay faithful here. And the other thing I think of what you were saying too, um, I had a professor in college talk about, you know, you first, uh, what did he say? It, w- it was like, you love God, like three phases. First, you love God because of what he did for you. Um, wow, God, you set me free. That's amazing. Th- th- there was like a second one in there, or maybe that was the second one. But he's like, you have to get to the place where you love God because of who he is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't worship God. Thank you for saving me. Th- that's a great reason to love God. Absolutely. And and your worship probably starts there as a Christian, but it can go to the place like where God, you deserve my worship, mm-hmm. like just who you are, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, I remember that. Yeah, I think the idea of like I uh, I worship you, God, because you saved me is like a beginning point. Yeah, you know, it's like and, the and beginning. It is a reason it's the worship. beginning, you know. Uh, but God's got so much more that He wants to do in our lives if we stay faithful. <laughs> it's my connection point. Mm-hmm. If we stay faithful, if we stay committed, if if we wait patiently, God has so much more He wants to do in us other than just saving us from hell. Yeah, and I think I don't know. Yeah, that's don't have a thought actually i said i think and then i was like blank so (laughs) well it also makes me think of pastor jeff sermon now from a couple months back when he talked about the jahari window and there's like the compartment that um i don't know about myself and nobody knows either and praying that god would reveal those things to me you know that's like a hard prayer to pray and i don't really want to pray that but Mm -hmm. when i thought when you shared that quote about how platforms elevate who you already are that actually does motivate me now to pray like, wait a minute, what if an opportunity came? I'm in this position or in this situation now. God, I hope you reveal like, you know, work out, whatever. I don't know. I mm-hmm. got to work out because if uh, if you want to use me like I, I want to pray that prayer now, like yeah. uh, like when I think of that quote that you shared and just this truth about being faithful and stuff, you know, yeah. so um Along that line, it's actually uh, <clears throat> the one class I'm, I'm currently taking. One of the things they talked about, like, ultimately, isn't discipleship this idea of really knowing ourselves? And we're knowing ourselves and who we are before Christ so that we can become more like Christ. So it's like this idea of self-knowledge. And, and praying that prayer, I, I don't think anybody really likes to see ourselves as we really are. I like to think, I like to see myself the way I want people to see me <laughs> you know like yeah. aren't i the greatest yeah. but i think but i think part of like discipleship part of growing in in faithfulness growing in and and honoring god more is understanding who i truly am so that then i can like make god bigger by saying oh yeah god i really do need you more than even what i realize i need you yeah so, yeah. yeah um and so yeah talked about um waiting prayerfully waiting faithfully and also waiting hopefully and again this was a cool point that you shared pastor jamal and talking about um depression suicide anxiety all on the rise today and it can suppress our ability to hope Uh, i think it's really great what you said it's not that believers won't experience this or shouldn't experience this it's that as believers we get to hope despite the pain and i thought that was really good like um so maybe like What's a way that we, how should we adjust our mentality maybe a little bit that we get to hope? Like, I, I just don't feel hopeful right now. I, I know I'm a Christian. I should be hopeful. I don't feel, I don't feel hopeful though. But you, I feel like you said it in a way that's like, act, well, you feel it or not. Like you get to hope. That's the difference. Like, yeah. So I think <clears throat> for me, sometimes pushing out of that space or that mentality, um, 
for me, I have to get to a place where I say, okay, what, will this be different one day? Yes or no? And then I'll say, okay, yes. Yes, it will be different. Why will it be different? Because I'll be present with Jesus. Okay. Being present with Jesus means that I will be in his presence and, and the things that I am have, have angst about today will fade away into the background. Yeah. They will have no bearing on who I am. Um, there will be nothing between me and my faith at that moment. It will be faith realized when I stand before God. And so that's kind of where I start. And then I say, okay, cool. So now what do I get to do right now? Mm. Like, like knowing that that is kind of like the future and that's the end all. How does that change my right now? Well, my right now, I may still feel this way, but I can make, I can get up and say, okay, cool. I am going to work through today in hopes that I'll get one step closer to that end goal. That's yeah. just usually my kind of process. Yeah. And, 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 and some say, you know, that's, everybody has their own whatever, but that's just my own process. I say, okay, cool. This is one day I could, I could do, I can do this one day making the steps moving towards that um and then it'll evolve usually to a place of okay cool how can i get others to have this type of experience or this type mm -hmm. of understanding now then the focus shifts from me to other people and then it becomes a conversation internally of okay what can i do to bear the fruit today that allows people to see that heaven is real and that hope is real. Yeah. That's that's usually my process. I don't know what everybody else does, but that's usually my process. And I think that that is that's for me. I'm like, oh yeah, I I get to think like this. Mm -hmm. That I'm partnering with the God of creation to help bring His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven right now. So the next person I have conversation with, I could say something to them that can spark joy, spark hope spark love spark you know um peace you know like what like but i get to partner with god in doing that and then just on a practical level like seeing people for where for where they are in those moments and then saying all right holy spirit give me the words to say or do i need to just put my hand around you know my arm around somebody and just give them a hug and just be like hey man you're valued you're loved um because in doing those things i think we make such massive strides and like pushing back against some of that stuff, I think, um, in the world and also in within the church body. Yeah. My one challenge to you in that would be, and I, I agree with what you say, so it's not like I'm saying, but I think there's even hope about what Christ wants to do in the moment, not just in the future. Right, right, right. Because there's this idea that like sometimes all of our hope is in, well, one day we'll get that be to heaven. But what about the hope now that Jesus can step into our lives now and help us through those things? Even if it doesn't necessarily mean our situation gets better, does Jesus still not give us grace that we can endure the way he endured? Is there not grace that we can walk through the hard times being confident in God's love and us the way he did? So it's it's not maybe it's not a challenge to what you said, but maybe it's like, I think it can even be more than that. It can be like hope, not just about what the future and, and someday everything will be right. But there's hope that even in this moment, I can, I can have like a connection with Christ that does 
more than what I feel like can happen right now. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is that it, for me, the process, I start there eternal, but then the momentary comes more into fruition for me because the focus shifts to, okay, what can I do for other people in this moment? Like if I myself am in a funky whatever, funky mood, funky space, what can I do to help other people? And then usually when I come alongside what God is doing in other people's lives, I feel m like all of a sudden like connected to something greater. Yeah. And in doing that, that's for me, that becomes the momentary stuff because I'm real time walking with people or helping people kind of come to uh, taste and see that the Lord is good, so to speak. Um, so, you, so, yes, I agree. You, we're, I think we're saying the same things. I think my um, you know what I think it is. I think, <clears throat> Pastor Jamal, you're like a really big vision person. And so th this is what I'm thinking, like. So you, you're thinking of like, wow, the hope and the plan of God, when I'm getting caught up in the moment, it's frustrating. It, you, maybe I'm not right in what I'm saying, but like, uh, so when I think of like the plans of God and like, wow, how can I partner with God? Like the vision, like the big picture helps you like, right. So now let me, how can I be helping somebody? How am I yeah. partnering with God? And like, cause I think that's your personality is like, if that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. yeah it I'm makes sense. I'm, I'm following. Um, which I like. I, I'm saying that's really cool. I, yeah. I feel like I'm hearing both of what you guys are saying. Mm -hmm. I've, and I think there's a tension with both. Yeah, I think we, we zoom out to see. I don't think it's either or. No, no, no. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we zoom out to see the bigger picture of what God's doing and the end, the end results mm -hmm. that we know will be eternal life for those who love God and how he'll new heavens, new earth, where things will be the way they're supposed to be. But then I think... I think some people, that's all they think about is the one day when we're in heaven. I just got to get through this now for that one day in heaven. Sure, sure. Yeah, and yeah. I think we can zoom out and see that, but then we can also zoom in and see how Jesus meets us now. Like, I, no, I no, think yeah. it's both of those. Things. No, yeah, um, I agree. And I agree. That's. I'm having, like, two thoughts. Like, um, I listened to this, I took this, like, audio class, whatever, and they talked about Billy Graham's preaching philosophy. I wrote him down, and he had, like, six points or something, but one of them was... He called it the gospel ethic that the gospel, it's the good news of salvation, but you can apply the gospel ethic in uh, your life circumstances now. So like, which again is what we preach and what we're both saying. But so like in my marriage, like the gospel isn't just my eternal destination. The gospel is the gospel ethic can be lived out in my marriage. Right. The gospel ethic can be lived out. My, my marriage can improve my, the way my relationships are should change you know um but i also think too like a part of i think maybe what what is clicking from what you're saying pastor jamal of like big picture i feel like that's what helps me as well like the whole point is that this isn't the end all so it's that's the tough thing when you're in pain and you're hurting mm -hmm. it it's really hard that just yeah. feels like it's the end all but when my perspective when my hope is in jesus and in the future and um what God is doing. Like the point is that just even this pain or what I'm uncomfortable with, it's just not the end all. Now all of a sudden, like I can like loosen up a little bit. It's still tough, but that's what enables me um, to keep pushing is like, this isn't the end. I mean, and all of us would probably say, th say the same thing about like even being in ministry. Like I'm in ministry. If I, if I thought that this life was mostly it, I would have a different job. <laughs> I wouldn't work this job, but like we have like, so, but my greater perspective influences like that. Okay. Like we have, you know, for lack of a better word, we have a career in this, but that's because of our big picture perspective. Yeah. If, 
like that. No, yeah, that okay. makes sense. <clears throat> that makes sense. No, I, yeah, and I think that, I don't know, I do think that we as, like, the church, as in the global church, we just got to do a better job of having those conversations with people, I think, um, because I think that there are a lot of people who are who are hurting, you know, real time, like, in the moments, can't really move past in the moments to see the big picture, and they need, I think, the the global church needs to just have a better do a better job of having those conversations because just even last year there was a there was quite a few ministers you know who you know sadly you know took their lives because they didn't feel as though they had you know i don't know i don't know the reasons but i just yeah. know that like globally as a church we just got to do better i think of having those conversations not brushing people aside and um and really engaging in some of that stuff and and to the point engaging in those conversations to the best that we can and if it goes if it's deeper than what we can handle then we we refer people say hey you know what you should talk to this person or you should you know see this person or see this person you know giving out those resources um to help push back because i just believe like i guess uh oh i i I hate it when it happens it happens sometimes and it's like it hits me but like but I get, I just get so frustrated. I get frustrated when we sing songs like Living Hope and then we leave like that doesn't, like that's not true what we just mm-hmm. sang. Like I'm like, yeah. yo, man, we got to like, I don't know, we just got to bring that to life. And like, how do we bring that to life? By having conversations with people and like coming alongside them, you know, arm in arm, you know, because um, we, cause we at the same time, we're fighting a battle. Like, you know, it's a spiritual real battle. And like so many people, we say we come to churches, we say we want to stand arm in arm, and then we leave not an arm in arm. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. that's like we're losing people, like too many people, because we just won't lock arms in arm and like speak truth and be like, no, nah, man, you get to be hopeful. And here's why. No, bro. Yeah. Like God is our deliverer. That's real time. That's not like he delivered us before past tense. Like when we're hoping yeah. that. I mean, no, he does it. He's done it. He will do it. Like it's like, I don't know, just posturing ourselves differently. And and I like what you said that it's a spiritual battle. <clears throat> like the battle has already been won by Jesus. He's delivered us, like you said, but he's doing it now even. And maybe that's the perspective we need when you're at the place where like yeah, God saved me, and now I'll come to church and sing Living Hope, and I'll hopefully I'll read my Bible twice this week. Like, like, like you either you don't have a sense, right? Of like you said, the big picture of what God's doing. But when I consider, wow, there is a battle going on. Guess what? I know what side I'm on. This is awesome. God has saved me, redeemed me, equipped me. Now I need to take this perspective out. And I'm thinking because in young adults we talked about we actually were talking about fellowship and some of the idea of right saying arm in arm here and going home and then last week we talked about teaching and and god's word and if we really believe that these are the words of god why is it so hard you know to just read it when we go home Mm -hmm. and but even some of that though it's still like this personal level like right uh, you know i believe the bible like like knowing that it's a battle that we're in together like that that just i think it's a good mentality Mm -hmm. like you're saying is it like the the issue of the now and the not yet? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. we have that hope in Christ. We're not fully there yet, but even in this moment and in my struggles, Christ's purposes are taking place. You know, the I am saved. I have hope. 
that hope is in the future, but then there's also hope for the moment. And like, because that future is being built in my life right now in this moment, Mm -hmm. like, like that, you know what I mean? Like I, someday we will be free right now. Jesus is setting me free. Yeah. Yeah. And I think picture of that is David when, you know, scripture says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Like he was like, you know what? All right, self, you know, like, so, and sometimes you got to do that. You got to speak to yourself and be like, all right, self, I know that this is how we may feel about this, but, but here's the thing with this is what we have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's not stress too much about what we don't have, but let's anchor in what we do have. And what we do have is a savior, uh, who loves us with an unmatched everlasting love. Uh, and, what is I think Hebrew says we have this hope as an anchor, right? Yeah. Like it's something yeah. that is set. It is not moving. Like who Jesus is and what he's done for us on the cross is not moving. It's not going anywhere. It is a done deal. Like when he said it is finished, he meant that. Yeah. I mean, that is all of Psalms, right? Like God, I know you're good. <laughs> uh, be good now. Like, you know, but I think it's that idea of, of, of like, yeah, he's the Psalms are constantly reminding themselves mm-hmm. of who God is mm-hmm. and 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 that's where they draw their strength from. In the midst of the fact that God, I feel like I'm a nothing. I'm crying out to you, God. My enemies are so many. Whatever those enemies may mm. be, maybe it's my fear, maybe it's actual people, maybe mm. it's maybe it's my own struggles with sin. Whatever it is, God, mm. my enemies are many, yeah. but I know that you deliver. God deliver me. Right. Like and it's the idea of almost like preaching to yourself. No, yeah, yeah. really. I we there's a song there's a song that just came out called Faithful Now by Vertical Worship. We're actually going to be doing it this Wednesday um, in youth group. And one of the lines in the song is um, the chorus goes, you know, you make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. And so then it, and then it goes on to say, so I will speak to my fear and I will preach to my doubt that you were faithful then and you'll be faithful now. So like, I just love that stanza. And I'm like, yeah, man, sometimes you just got to do that. You got to be like, you know what, fear? God has been faithful before. He's going to be faithful again. You know what, doubt? God has been faithful before. He's going to be faithful again. And I'm not I'm not going to shake and waver in that. Like I and I think that there is and I would say this and just maybe add this and then I'll shut my mouth. But I believe personally that there is power in the presence of the Lord. And so oftentimes people who may struggle with, you know, depression or feeling hopeless will isolate themselves and i think that that's the not the thing you you want to do you know i just think about you know the the psalm i think it's psalm 73 the guy says you know like why did the wicked prosper and he's so upset and he goes into this basically like this whole like just goes on and on about like yo i've seen them prosper here i've seen them prosper there i've seen them prosper here i've seen them prosper there and then he hits a turn when he says but then i came into the house of the lord yeah and i remembered and I was like, dang, man, like that's the power of God's presence to quell that stuff, man. And I think sometimes we just got to be making sure that we're in those places and in those spaces. Hmm. Well, awesome. Uh, <clears throat> that's a great segue in talking about not being controlled by our fear, waiting well. So I think when it comes to the coronavirus, we need to make sure that we're <laughs> not controlled by fear. Make sure that you're waiting well by washing your hands. <laughs> washing your hands. With so Corona with passes soap. over. <laughs> so. It is no longer a hot topic. 
So one of the awesome things about children's ministry is there's lots of children's ministry memes. And my, my favorite, one of my favorite ones right now is seeing the people all dressed up in the hazmat suit saying, I'm ready to go to children's church today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> a uh, mutual friend of ours on, on Facebook posted something about uh, hands under UV lights and you got blue glowy hands and they're like, this is what your hands look like when you just rinse them off. And then washing them after 10 seconds and 20 seconds and it shows a general, you know, getting more and more like less glowy. And I said, but my five-year-old me wants cool glowy hands. <laughs> I want the cool glowy hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to... Don't wash my hands, they glow? <laughs> right. My five-year-old self is saying, don't you dare touch that soap. <laughs> I can't wash off the glow. So, dude, so. I, I'm, I'm so glad that Pastor Jeff got up and said like... Well, I thought it was funny because he was like, oh, some churches are like, we're not shaking hands, but like, let's not be controlled by fear. I'm like, churches are doing that? But then after church, I saw in one of the groups I'm in on Facebook, they were like, they had a greeter in like rubber gloves and like a, they had like one of those like doctor masks on. A greeter at the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, if you're oh. listening, you can't see Pastor Jamal's face right now. Yo, I was like, I, I would throw up inside. So I'm glad that Pastor Jeff was like, just in case, if you're out there, just use your brain. God gave one to you. Yeah, I would. If I walked in and the greeters was like that, I'd be like, "Yo, your church nasty. What's going on? Like, what's up with this?" Right. I would be like, "You can't greet anymore. <laughs> I, I'm taking over." Okay, like I'll deal with the consequences. Yeah. Like, For real, like welcome to our church. Don't touch anything. Don't touch <laughs> oh my god, I get it. People, you know, like they're scared and and media is hyping some stuff up I, that's yeah true. yeah that's true. yeah but i just i don't i guess i don't understand what's hard about washing your hands because <laughs> shouldn't you be doing that already that's more difficult <laughs> than putting rubber gloves on and a mask right i feel that's, like that's right easy. so exactly all of those steps you went extra steps <laughs> but washing your hands is something you do all the time and you know what though i'm a chill because uh, let me be let me mm, mm. well no i was just gonna say like I haven't washed your hands since yesterday no, i see you i was gonna say i haven't <laughs> he's like they're glowing you know what it is bro you know what it is like let's just be honest like and, and, and i whatever let's just be honest how many times have you walked out the bathroom and guys just don't Oh my gosh! I they see it don't. all I'm the like, time. I'm like, bro, you yeah, gotta wash your hands all the time. I'm like, yo, this is not so as not me. No, for listen, the you gotta no, do the, oh, the rinse and it. flick. Right? No, the rinse. No, <laughs> no, 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 bro, never. Absolutely, dude. Not. If there's ever a bathroom where there's no soap, I'm like OCD, like losing my mind. I'm like, who has hand sanitizer? Yo, like, I go like, outside. I'm yo, like, it bothers me so much, bro. Like. Uh. No way, man! Come on, bro. Like I get, I but but dudes really be doing that, and then people. I, so I get it. I get it. Okay, I but then it. talk about church memes that we could post signs in the bathroom that say, "Please <laughs> wash your hands." If you're gonna lay hands video. on me during prayer, Yo, you better lay oh, hands on the soap first. <laughs> there we go. Yes. <laughs> Please. Oh my goodness. All right, well, we are a corona and fear-free church, so <laughs> just want to say that. So. Co- coronavirus? Cor- or do you do corona, co- just corona? Just corona. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, I think we need to clarify. I think we need to clarify. We're just a Corona-free church. We're, there might be an inf- there might be an influx of people on Sunday. We're like, oh, he came for the Corona. And they're like, no, no. So, but uh, all right, everybody. Well, hey, it's been fun, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Monday Morning Recap.